0: Welcome to a football show, not Victory Monday here at the pharmacy. He is Zach Lyons. I am Braden Gall. Welcome in. Get your questions ready. Get your questions ready in the comment section. Let's see if we can get Zach to drink both of these delicious and wonderful tasty beers. I have here. a
1: Funkstatter, Funkstatter, and mine is 7% alcohol, and yours is a what?
0: This is a St. Bernard X Maseo that is a 10% alcohol. We're going
1: 17% in one hour. Uh, that, and you, then, might,
0: you might be doing that today that's, on the show. <laughs> Uh, you can get to him, of course, at F-words Pod, You can get to me at Braden Gall. And if you want to come by and heckle live, we, of course, it's are a here. Buck. We are here at the pharmacy, live every single Monday to break down the Titans. Generally, hopefully wins, but not today. Arguably the worst performance of the entire Mike Rabel era in four, five now, five years of being the head coach for the Tennessee Titans. But look I feel at like I'm, I feel like people are going to tune in there think I'm going to drink wine. It look does It <laughs> does look a little pinkies up, but it's okay. You know what? Yeah, I'm going um, drink it like this. We're going to be very judgy today on the show. You know, it's going to be a lot of judging. A lot of judginess about the coaching staff and the players and the performance against of course the Jackson- no crying the though. No crying. No. We don't cry over losses. There's no crying We're on grown a fucking men. There's no crying on a football show. But listen, before we get into all of this crap, like literally, I don't know how much you can see this on the screen, but this is just all garbage on this piece of paper about yesterday. Basically, everything we need to know to break down the game. Amy Adams Strunk actually did come out. And, and speak sort of she had a one on one interview with Teresa Walker. Was that enough for Titans fans? We'll get to that a little bit later on. I did have a, a Heisman trophy vote over the weekend, which, you did. Seems, which seems largely irrelevant today on the show. But we'll get to that, of course, later on. We're brought to you by the Kingston Group, build Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. Make sure before you make any big decisions about your house, make sure you check that out. But but seriously, where better to hang out on a gorgeous, 50-plus gorgeous degree day in December. And in fact, Mike Vrabel said, Mike Vrabel told us in the presser, enjoy the sunshine, guys. He told you. He told, told you to go enjoy the sunshine. I'm not sure anybody in the press conference is going to, but you should try to enjoy the sunshine. We've got the uh, Funkstaten St. Nicholas right here. We've got the St. Bernard Ale. I may try it at some point during the show, but I'd like to get through the show uh, before having one of those. Overrated. <laughs> well... So again, pharmacy, build KG. Uh, you got Kinksy Group, F words Pod, lots of stuff from Zach, of course, on the written website as well. Broadway Sports Media, Some all the bangers. other shows from 440 Sports. Hey, listen, as
1: well. the people are people are talking Pulitzer.
0: Okay, bold claim. Well, I'm just Zach saying the people are talking. The people, the people, the people, the people. Is that involved the sewers. I mean, they they petitioned
1: or? to get an article free.
0: <laughs> so you're giving away the goods now. For, well, I mean, I'm just some... sign up for an insider account, by yeah. the way.
1: Yeah, Please. get get over there. Insider, code insider, 99 cents. There you go.
0: Code annual, $50. Pretty good. I, I had a really tough time figuring out where to start with this, but I wanted to start with pers- where kind of uh, my brain keeps landing. Like, we've got all the stats on the drives and the turnovers and Derrick Henry and, you know, the the offensive line, which I'm sure you'll have some, a few things to say about. Plenty of Todd Downey conversation, maybe not even about this game per se, Lots of stuff. But the thing that keeps landing on me is that there is just no possible way that it is a coincidence that the week after the largest single move made by Amy Adams Strunk as the owner of the Titans and firing John Robinson, it happens the exact same week of the worst possible performance of a Mike Vrabel coach team against this team, 4-8, and the way it happened, the way they crumbled, at home late in the season with the risks we'll talk about all the well and who specifically crumbled i think is is, this is is a good good point of contention here. to me the human element of the last eight days uh, i guess it's six days of, of titans football and the human side of every single person inside that building having to worry about their future knowing if they have a job or not i don't think you can just ignore and say it's a coincidence that the biggest move the franchise has made under Amy Adams Strunk happens the exact same week as the worst performance of the Mike Rabel era. We'll get to why I think that, but I think that is one of the overarching, those are just two facts. I don't think it's a direct correlation or it's it's the reason they lost, but I don't think it's a coincidence.
1: Well, I'm sure that's what the radio stations are all going to be saying is that, you know, it's all related. I, I know that Joe Rexford kind of alluded to it in his column on the Athletic which was which was I only got to, have only been able to read the titles so far. But it was is I can I can I'm not going to say it word for word, but it was like on the week that the owner tells the team that they stink, the Titans go out and play like they stink. <laughs>
0: and and, I think, and I, think it, I think that's a good way of just yeah. putting it. And he and he sort of I read the column, uh, we love you Joe, but I think it's similar to what I'm saying is and he kind of goes into some more detail. Again, I think it's the human element. Of, it's a very tasty beer, by the way. Go. I'm not a dark beer guy.
1: Not Bach, I'm not a big Bach guy, Funkstatter. Funkstatter. I just like saying it.
0: I like it too. Does it taste as good as it I is? Very good. All right. Uh, I, I think here's the, the. There's the human element. There's the distraction. All this stuff, and we'll get into what why do we think this is the impact. Because you, it's hard to say that the offense wasn't prepared to start the game. The offense did an excellent job. Long drive. It was a little herky jerky, but a long drive. They scored a touchdown. Of course. There's two turnovers, but four of their first five drives go inside the Jacksonville 40. They they, they could have had 21, 24, 28 points at halftime. They are up early. The offense, Derrick Henry's rolling. He gets 96 yards in the first quarter. He only gets three carries in the second half. We'll get to that. But to me, it was about the fragility of the mental side of this team. Mm, it yes. was as soon That's as a good adjective, as, as soon as the things started to not go their fragility. way. I need to write that down. <laughs> They're fragile. As soon as things stopped going their way and started go, like they could not stop the snowball, like they couldn't do it. And I'm not saying it's one player, one person, one coach. It isn't. To me, it was the whole of the last week of stress weighing on you, and then combined
1: with the loss,
0: the the losses you've already suffered. Yeah, and the and and again, we understand the defense missing tons of talented pieces. We understand the offensive line and the roster. Those pieces were not even just Danico. I mean, Christian Fulton, David Long, yes, big sorely, big sorely <laughs> missed in this game. Yeah, who do you think covers Evan Ingram? folks? Yeah. David Long and, and and maybe Christian Fulton is a part of that as well. I just, to me, it was the entire week built into one thing, weighing on an entire organization. And then as soon as that organization was put to the stressors, they were fragile. They could not hold on. And now Mike is Mike Vrabel is left saying we got to eliminate bad football. That that's how I saw Sunday play out. I don't know if you agree, disagree. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I agree with
1: a lot of that. Like, listen. Fire Todd Downing, always. <laughs> Forever, evergreen statement. It's and one, It's one time on the show. But before. you're right about the drives. You're right about that it's the turnovers and execution of the plays that were called. Now, we're not talking, and we're talking about in the first half. We are not talking about second half
0: yet. Yeah, we'll get to that.
1: In the first half. The problem I have with Downing and where you could put the blame besides the play in the second half is that if there's a penalty, there's no play in the playbook that's really going to be able to overcome it. That penalty if there is a uh turnover and the other team scores off of it there's no answer back shot calling we are going for it we are going down to score and we're going to show that that turnover does not fuck with us and that is the problem with todd downing that's why he is among many other things is he's not a good offensive coordinator we have plenty of evidence suggesting it and I wrote all games, about it. I believe Forty-seven I read games
0: on Broadway Sports Media. Forty-seven, 47
1: games. games of information. That's almost fifty. For those that can't count, <laughs> so you've got plenty of evidence to suggest. Even with a good offensive line in when he had one in Oakland with the Raiders, and even with a bad offensive line, guess what? He's still a terrible offensive coordinator. And that's just the fact of the matter at this point. There is no, there's no Shane Bowen redemption story coming around the corner. This was such an easy PR win after the Green Bay game for them to be able to go in and say, "Hey, we're we're going to have to fire you, right?" We we first off we know that the fans didn't want him, and then he obviously did something that is pretty egregious by all accounts, uh, and there people's lives at risk, <laughs> right? And now you have since that three terribly called games, and then maybe this last one is the less egregious of the three. I agree, with but that. in the second half, the fact that he can't overcome any issue that may pop up and it's a him issue that's that's a problem it is time to go ahead and and listen i've been on tim kelly let's get tim kelly in there but let's not say well we got to see what tim kelly can do you sound like an idiot (laughs) you do know tim kelly has been an offensive coordinator you do know that mike vrabel has worked with him you do know mike vrabel's first choice for offensive coordinator when arthur smith left was tim kelly they know what he can do they don't have to see it but if you want to see if the offense gets better, good, then good. that is the way to
0: word it. Now, I mean, let's live, see what we well, got live, in Tom. Let's see yeah, what yeah. we got Tim Kelly. I mean, live reps is always good. Yeah. There's no negative to Tim Kelly having live reps. That's what so.
1: you say for a rookie quarterback that's been sitting on the bench, a la Malik Willis. Hey, well, the Titans are probably not going to make the playoffs. They're not going to make it out of the first round. Let's put in Malik Willis to see what you got.
0: All right, so take the DUI off of it, to your point, is a PR victory for this organization, should they have wanted to make the move. Instead, they go the other direction and fire the, the GM, which again, I've understandable. I, even I've come around to some degree on that. It's still risky, but I've come around on what the why it took place. Go listen to Thursday show, the John Robinson episode brought to you by Kingston Group in the pharmacy in East Nashville. Um, but it just the Titans offense yards in the NFL 29th, scoring in the NFL 26th, second half points per game dead last at 5.4 points per game. They had an offensive explosion of eight points yesterday <laughs> in the second half. After, of course, the game was out of hand. First downs in the NFL, 30th, 208. Third down conversion rate, 25th. Three and outs. The most in the NFL. Three and outs. We'll get to the, the 10 Ten of those have happened. In on, the third quarter. On the, the first drive. drive of the third quarter. Offensive penalties. How disciplined is your offense? 28th in the NFL. How many scoring percentage? How many drives does your offense create points for you? 31st in the NFL. 29% average yards per drive. 30th in the NFL. What else does an offensive coordinator do? And again, maybe that's not fair to look at those numbers and say, this game was Todd Downing. I don't think that was, yeah. I think this game was this as- season
1: is Todd. Downing. Yes.
0: I think, I think plenty of really excellent elite play callers deal with things like trading away a wide receiver deal with things like injuries along the offensive line. Everyone in the NFL has to deal with these types of adversity throughout the course of a season. and, in two years, we have not really seen that ability from the offense. Well, Tim Kelly dealt defense, with it last but... year in Houston when he got more explosive plays
1: after they traded away DeAndre Hopkins, and they have a horrible offensive line. They have no run game. We've seen him do it. It's re- it's ridiculous. It, it's time to stop using the crutch of the players, and here's why. Where do you see more players starting that are off the street? The defense.
0: Oh, yeah. And the
1: defense, with those starters at the beginning of the year, and they also had that problem last year, the whole year, with the defense and with players missing and with them having to rotate guys in and out. Don't forget Greg Maben in the Kansas City game last season. He was great (laughs) last season in that particular game. that game, yeah. Shane Bowen does more with less. So that is not an excuse for an offense to think, it's 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 just it can't be an excuse anymore i'm tired of people excusing other people's poor d- decisions and bad behaviors and that's what this team does and and it, this coach better play better is the biggest farce and we're going to get into it on football and of efforts i think it's the biggest load of bullshit because it's just fake empty
0: words if it was a re- rule or requirement people would, would not be on this team that are on this well, team so robinson's out and again i'm not my whole rant about the stress of the week is not necessarily an indictment of the decision by Amy Adams-Strunk, I'm, I'm willing to, to to kind of come around to that and to say, okay, all right, personnel decisions, lack of trust, all the reasons we talked about on Thursday's show. I'm just saying I think that had the, the was the overwhelming impact on this particular game, not Todd Downing, but Todd Downing. Here's my question. Who's next in line now that Robinson's out and Vrabel's not going anywhere? Who are the next two or three pieces in the domino that's going to start taking the blame? And it's either Todd Downing or Ryan Tannehill, right? And and to be honest, you get like, look at the number. And I'll have an article out tomorrow with our, all of the efficiency stats from this
1: game and this season. Ryan Tannehill had the fifth most air yards yesterday out of all the quarterbacks that played on Thursday and, mo- and Sunday. F- fifth most air yards. He was top 10, and I believe he's actually top 8, in success rate on dropbacks and he was top 15. I believe he's 14th or 12th on EPA and completion percentage over expected upper half. So he was arguably a top 10 quarterback yesterday, despite everything that happened yesterday. So you cannot shift the blame to Ryan Tannehill. And that's been his season. There has been no team. I feel like that has treated their quarterback worse (laughs) throughout the season. Maybe you could argue uh, the Miami to a concussion game. Ooh, <laughs> that...
0: Okay, that was that was worse. Yeah. That was worse.
1: But as far as a week-to-week basis, yeah, 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 Dennis Daly being on that field is disrespectful to the 10 other players that play with him on that field. It's disrespectful to the fans, it's disrespectful to the media, and it's downright fucking insulting what they said all last week. Ridiculous. Get that man off the field. I don't care if Raven Clark is worse. I don't care if Dylan Radins is worth worse if performance dictates if you see the field or not then he should not be on the field and you should be firing or cutting everybody
0: on the practice squad
1: and just fill it up with left tackles and just let them all fucking battle it out
0: i I think it was on your twitter feed uh something like 40 ish 36 40 ish pressures allowed he allows one pressure every nine snaps every nine snaps every every nine nine pass blocking pass Pass blocking pass blocking stats So essentially, if if it's just him and nobody else on the offensive line and you drop back 38 times, which we which we want to see the Titans throw the ball more, but not because of what they had to do on Sunday in particular. If you're going to throw the ball 40 times, you're Dennis Daly is going to allow at least four pressures. Yeah. Or, or 38 times four pressures. Yes. So, I, again, I think it, to your point, I think scaling back to the coach better, play better. What are the solutions? What can we do moving forward? I say this all the time. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't say this to my wife all the time. But she, when she has, when well, something's going wrong or something's not working or whatever, I'm like, "Have you tried some shit?" Yeah, like you got a headache. Did you take some medicine? Did you drink some water? Did you like? So, did you try some shit? Okay, you need to. Did, because naturally we are we
1: are fixers we're solution makers men are always looking for solutions that's why you know men built the just will try the some, fire. just try something you know you did we discover well, fire everybody's cold you oh, got fire okay, oh, okay. what do
0: you got i don't think we need to go that deep since we commit all the violent crimes and start all the wars but that's you know that's the downside of fixing and creating yeah. fire right like no but just try something i think yeah. it's what we're where we're at with the left tackle position at right. the tennessee titans it's just Show us that you're trying some shit. because send
1: daily overseas, I mean, if you want to do that, too.
0: The coach better, play better thing, to your point, does not apply if you continue to allow a person who is not good at his job play in the role. So yeah, I, I don't, you know, again, the NFL is a meritocracy. And if you're not doing Sure, it job, looks great on a wall above the right. thing. I like believe in Ted Lasso, but give me a fucking if, break. If you are not going to do your job, you need to find someone that can. That's it. So I, I, I listen, the middle eight was a big part of yesterday as well. It's a big college football phrase. If you if you know what that is, it's the last four and of the of the first half, the second the first four minutes of the second half. Um, and Todd Downing has been atrocious in this in the second half to come out of drives again, 10, 3, and outs. They had three their first three offensive possessions in the third quarter on against on Sunday against the Jags were, were seven plays, negative 26 yards for a minus 3.7 yards per play, which is really, really hard to do. Penalties, of course, are a factor in there. But they also, with the turnovers, this goes back to them crumbling mentally and maybe being fragile this week because of the stress and the weight of the whole week. But they give up 10 points in the last four minutes with a fumble, another turnover, then a long drive to start the second half of the Jags to, to basically go 17 unanswered in the middle eight, which is a critical time of the game. 29 unanswered. I don't know what we're supposed to say about Rest, what else we're supposed to say? Well, about and the, the defense offense, the can't line, do yeah. anything, right? I mean, like this
1: defense cannot generate turnovers to save its life. And while you Four got the Jaguars, games. while you got the Jaguars who are flying all over the field, the Jaguars defenders were flying all over the field. And sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't, right? But these defenders for the Tennessee Titans for the second game in a row, and I would say really 2.5 games in a row. Had put up a lifeless performance, listless, flaccid, whatever you want to use to call their performance. They are soft. This is not a mentally tough team right now. This is a mentally, and I, I will say this. They were it's told a, that it, they suck. It's a mentally <laughs> and physically and emotionally exhausted team. I agree with that. Okay, and, that's, and they and that, that are not. Two tough. Year.
0: Could you argue that's a two-year thing that's compounded?
1: I think so. Like you, I can and, argue oh, with oh, that.
0: Oh, oh, by the way, the year before that, a pandemic. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I think I think that they are just. I'm not saying that the players aren't tough players. When I say this, what I'm saying is, right, I right, think right, that right. they are just drained. I don't think there's a lot. There's not enough fight left since that Kansas City game. It seems like the fight has left their bodies, the, like in an otherworldly uh, so sense. I,
0: it's funny you say that. I the the Derrick Henry's face. Was on screen a lot in the second half. Obviously, the mistakes. Oh, he looked. He looked. The mistakes like are part dead of it. inside. But I think the common response to that was, "Look how hard he's beating himself up." And I think while that is the surface level explanation of what he looked like, I think you're getting to something here that I hadn't really thought about. Which is, I saw a man who was exasper- exasperated. By the entire situation of having to carry an offense on his shoulders for the better part someone, of three years, someone literally said that in a chat today, and said well, almost exactly exhausted. what you said.
1: He said, "He said that looks like a man that is tired of having to carry a team
0: for three freaking years." He didn't fumble until his two hundred and seventy second carry or touch. I guess I should add. I should have looked this up and looked at Uh, because he fumbled off a reception technically, it wasn't a carry. But he had 272 carries at the time of his fumble. Had not lost a fumble. Now he fumbled and Traylon Burke scored. So he's had a couple of fumbles. Obviously, there's one later in the game where there's clearly a miscommunication between the snap going to him and Tannehill and and the center and Ben Jones or whatever. But uh, 272 carries is a season for 99% of running backs. That's a whole year. For Derrick Henry, we're in week 13 and he's doing that. 13 games and he's doing that, which means... Obviously, the workload is extraordinary, which we know. Let me ask you a question. If Mike Vrabel had to choose last year,
1: okay, after the offseason's over, it's March, and he knows that he's gonna have to choose between Derrick Henry and AJ Brown. Oh man. Who do you think he's gonna choose? Because I find it very odd that Derrick Henry because isn't that isn't that a great question? Oh damn. Because you. you have the evidence that he was super fucking upset. That AJ Brown was traded, but you also have the evidence that he knows that to win games in this particular roster has to go through Derek Henry. But he knows that he won games with Deontay Foreman and Dontrell Hilliard last year. And so I ask you, John Robinson is gone. Derek Henry fumbles twice. Has that uh, has that demeanor on the on the on the bench? Has the poor body language after the in the in the press conference? I'm not saying there's something there to all that, yeah, that's, but that's there's hard. a that's lot a, of ancillary evidence
0: now, right there, I, right? I, I so, so yes, it's a lot of it's a lot of um, it's just a lot of a lot of speculation. Yeah, I, I would say I say I, I would say this: the, the most, the more interesting question, maybe the way you word this, yeah. that I that I think creates a really interesting debate. Now, some of it is recency bias because you come off an eight-game stretch where right. Dante Foreman looks really good and you win games because of it. And he looked and, he's
1: looked really good for the
0: Panthers. And AJ takes over against San Francisco on a on a Thursday night and he's amazing and all sort of stuff. I finding running backs we know is easier. The question is, would you rather have an elite receiver at fifty-eight million guaranteed, eighty, eighty-five, a hundred, whatever the number is in the contract, versus a running back at what it whatever it is, ten, eleven million in terms of a contract? What is more valuable in 2022 to your football team moving forward. And I still think you could argue Derrick Henry today, but as soon as this regime is, is overhauled, which is sure to happen because John Robinson is now out. Taylor Lewan is now on record. And we'll thing. talk
1: about what Amy, yeah, Amy um, Adams we'll
0: I, again, I also think that's a part of the problem here. Was this particular game was what Amy Adams did because again, she says in the interview with Teresa Walker, "We're not in any rush. We'll wait till February." Then why create this distraction for your team in the middle of the season if it doesn't really matter? So you can stu- you can do all the research and you, and you can all say right, I, I
1: that to... it's 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 fair for John Robinson, you know, to go ahead and get him out. Get but let me say this: it's very unlikely GMs get second shots. It's very rare. So you're not really doing anybody a favor because you're paying them anyway. And why would yeah. I be right? Rush- I'm not rushing to go work after I just worked probably, you know, 24 and hours a day, you know,
0: seven days a week for six or seven years. I, that is a fantastic question. I don't think it's fair to ask that question specifically of Mike Vrabel at the end of last season. I think you could ask it in a, well, in a general that, but sense. But uh, then
1: aren't you just saying no, that it's think, revisionist history if you ask no. him now? Because no, I, right. I wonder, I do wonder if, that's good. It's good. It, it's it's a very good question. Where do you think Mike Vrabel would want to if he knew because his aim is a Super
0: Bowl, right? How about this? In his heart, he wants it to be Derrick Henry. And in his head, he knows it's AJ. He probably Brown. knows it's AJ. That is a good way to put it. I like that. God, we're on the same page today. Here at the pharmacy, of course, it's all the good vibes. And it's probably the Funkstadt Saint Nicholas right there. Uh that, that Zach is consuming. Make sure you get to him on Twitter at F You can get to me. At Brayden Gall uh, Stoney is around here somewhere. Is he really? Where, I don't know where he is. He said he was here. We'll see if we can find him. But we are at the pharmacy. It is gorgeous. It is over 50 degrees He's here in December, the chat. in December, over 50 degrees. And you can sit here and look at this beautiful weather. We got people enjoying it out here at the pharmacy, of course, in East Nashville, McFerrin Avenue. Great place for beers. Great place for burgers. You got your locally sourced beers, locally owned and operated since 2011. And Stoney, if you're truly here, I'm staying actually to have lunch after the, I think the he thing. is. Okay. I think he is somewhere. We'll find him. We'll find him. Um, Also, the Kingston Group, BuildKG.com. Make sure you check them out. If you're going to make any big decisions about your house, if you want to rebuild your front office, you want to rebuild your your coaching staff, call Kingston Group. They'll have a nose-to-tail plan from start to finish. And, of course, uh, BuildKG.com is the website. Nashville's locally owned and operated. Uh, See, you messed up my, my spiel. National's locally, locally owned and, and operated and award-winning custom home and remodeling firm. There you go. Look at that off the top of my dome. Look I want to get
1: to two comments, and they're right. both by Jason McDonald, who is uh, probably going to be top commenter of the Ooh. week. First one: What do they get for being uh, nothing? Okay. Uh, their name said uh, they convincingly lost three straight weeks. They lost
0: because of the presence of Robinson, not the absence. I like that. I think we're given. I think the coaching staff also gets. <laughs> and the players like i think all, everybody shares in the blame of my yeah head.
1: he meant the chat you, you gave my hopes up oh and then he also said if you asked him now he'd say i used to have both <laughs> talking about aj brown A. J. Derek A. J. derrick
0: henry. A. J. henry well done uh jason stoney does say he's here in the chat okay so look look stoney you told me you were going to come out and hang out with zach today well to be fair you we, did, didn't you come we didn't and, oh did he yeah you just showed up right here in the chat uh-huh. lazy bastard all right um kingston group pharmacy come hang out with us okay um do we want to get to Amy Adams? Is that where we're going next year? or you got more stuff we want to talk well, about? Well, I
1: would like to talk about uh, this defense a little bit more, just because
0: I'm not sure what to say. <laughs>
1: well, I want to talk about AJ or uh, AJ. I want to talk about Roger McCreary, AJ Moore. You know how that. everybody said, "Oh, the the sh- the short arms and everything wouldn't be that big of a deal." Oh,
0: come on!
1: It turned out you're going to make
0: me drink about. That. Turned out it was he a, big a deal. nice. He's a good football. Now,
1: player. Now listen. Let Let me say this. <laughs> I I think. I've just I had to bring that up. I think that McCreary, NPF, Chig, and Traylon Burks, and even Kyle Phillips are going to be turning into really good players.
0: Pretty good drive, class.
1: They they got to stay healthy. They got to clean up some stuff. And obviously, Roger McCreary and Nicholas Petit Ferrer have hit that rookie wall, right? I mean, like, there is a, when you play every game, there is a rookie wall for certain players. For sure. And they have hit it. But I think that when you're a GM coming in, and this will lead us into I Amy mean, Armstrong, whatever GM that she chooses at the end of February or at the beginning of March, whatever GM that she chooses next week is coming in with nice pieces to, to be able to look at and say, hey, I can build around Christian Fulton. I can build around Jeffrey Simmons. I can build around Amani Hooker, whose contract I'm now stuck with. I can build around. I can maybe sign David Long. I can build around Roger McCurry, you Conquer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of nice pieces. The problem is young young pieces for sure. Or the his the way that he's gonna have to tackle it is almost identical to the way that John Robinson tackled from 2015 to 2016. Aggressively improve the offensive line. Yeah. And in whatever GM it may be, and we'll talk about Amy Armstrong because she has said that essentially, you know, if that person they feel that the best person to get us a Super Bowl is on a Super Bowl team now, then we'll wait till February when the Super Bowl is over. Let it be known that this week there is an NFL league owners meeting and they are having, and I was the first one to break this story as far as who's going for the Titans. Nobody else did. Boom. Nailed it. That they they are bringing, every team is bringing one representative, whether it's a a coach of mine or a front office staff person of minority or a a female. They can bring one person, whoever. Does Amy Adams trunk count? No. Because they're bringing Brian Gardner. Okay. She's an owner. The point is, is to introduce these staffers to owners and put them face uh, put them front-facing for other owners to go talk to. It's guess a ne- who's It's a gonna networking get... opportunity, right? Well, yeah. Okay. Well, guess who's going to get a little jump on some of these up-and-comers, some of these well-respected and intelligent candidates that are coming through on this uh, thing. There's a lot of good names on there that are well-respected from their own team.
0: Guess who's going to get a jump on their GM interviews? Amy Adamstrom. Uh, so 100% agree with you pointing that out by the way and being and it being an important thing you could still go and get a jump on the interviewing process without publicly firing your general manager true I, I so let's get to what she said she had to sit down with teresa walker i think the number one like first of all she sort of owned everything which i respect having the conversation fine i respect that teresa is not a pushover so teresa is not going to just sit there and like lob softballs um so it's not it's not exactly but it's the ap yeah and, and I, there wasn't
1: enough I think pushing, maybe, maybe there was, and we didn't get that information for whatever reason, but I feel like there could have been a little bit more, but it's not, I'm not, I don't think there, there's, there was a lack of push that required an article to talk about the 10 questions that
0: I would ask. This is not a, this is not a conversation with Mike. This is not a conversation with Mike Keith. Not to, not that Mike Keith wouldn't do a phenomenal interview. If given the freedom, he is a Titans employee. So I, but I do think the AP, and I've talked to Teresa about this. She's very cognizant of her role as the AP. Mm. I've known her for 15 years. She would not pull a, a question of Amy Adam Strunk, but it's the AP, and the AP is not meant to create salacious content. It's not meant to dr- continue to drive home and try to hammer home a question and, and stay on a question until you get the answer you need to get. That, that, that's that, that's for different kind of situations. And so, Again, I think all good. I'm glad that she actually said something and gave the interview. I think that's important. I think the biggest problem I had is that, to your point, and we've already mentioned it, I'm, I could, I can wait until after the Super Bowl to make the hire, and I know her explanation for the timing was it's not fair to John, as you've already alluded to. I don't think it was fair to the rest of the team to do it when they did it, it heading into a critical clinch-the-division moment where it clearly, the weight of the week, again, I'm not saying the decision was wrong. I'm saying the weight of the story. The weight of having to answer questions, the distraction, looking the, over your shoulder—the timing, timing, of it all—makes no sense. If you're willing to wait until February, that makes no yeah, sense. So there's no rush. Why do this to your entire organization? Right. Because that's my question.
1: That's what they. Because when everybody questioned the timing, right, and, and you know we did it on football and F efforts, we've done it on a football show. It was like, okay, well we understand why now. We okay, well you got to you know maybe find some people, get a jump start, get your scouting. Scouting's about to kick up. Well, if you're waiting till February, that all goes out the window.
0: And all your guys that you have currently running everything are still in place to run everything. Yeah. If you want to just keep it all in place. Yeah. Like, you're not getting rid of everybody in the scouting department. He, well, you can't you because, can. you know,
1: John Robinson didn't. When John Robinson first got the job, he went through the scouting process with the old scouts in 2016. Yep. And then fired everybody, tri- started trickling in and started bringing in his own people, Start firing who he needed to fire and promoting who he needed to promote. He made all the personnel changes then. So, in my mind now, it's like now we have a story, right? Because yep. now she came out, she talked, and now Still we're she to answer questions, by the she, way. Yeah, but. but now we we are beginning to see a clearer picture that it was more than just well, it's we knew that we wanted to go in a different direction, so let's go ahead and fire John now. No, there was an untenable situation that could not last a month and a half.
0: I mean, right? I mean, don't I mean, you have that, to get yes. to that point? And, and you said this on Thursday show, and this happens in all sports. This happens with hockey yeah. coaches. It happens with GMs. It happens with quarterbacks. It happens with every sport where a clean slate, a right. new voice, new leadership. It could all be a positive thing for a fresh start. Like, everyone says, you always get buoyed. And you know what I was thinking about? Yeah, go for it, big guy. You know what I was thinking about? Because um, you had said Happy that. i be medium
1: guy. I feel like big guy. I've been right, I've little, been losing weight. You I wanna, haven't really
0: mentioned it, I don't but I've been look, losing weight. You look amazing, way. by the way. You look streamlined. So Thank well. you. Yeah. Um, So, what was I saying? Oh, yes. The the, the clean slate, fresh start, new voice. You know, even I was watching uh, practice on Friday, videos on Friday, and I'm going, I wonder what's going through players' heads, personnel people, the coaching staff, everybody on that field knowing that he's not up there towering over the entire situation. Well, hell, did you see what Deshaun Kaiser said? No.
1: Okay. (laughs) Okay. So, this goes to the towering over the field, right? He literally is up in the thing. And if you don't know, the day that Deshaun Kaiser got cut, he was throwing to some guy out in the near the field goal post that's like not tall enough to catch a ball or whatever, and he threw one errant pass and it landed next to John Robinson because the other guy didn't catch it. And later that day, he got cut.
0: <laughs> I mean, what that's, a, what a that's completely cruel. anecdotal, but I do, but am uh, saying, but you know, he said it, maybe yeah. that's, there yeah. was a little. See, I thought there would be less pressure. Right. And so that's what I was getting to is that that would, that situation and that new lightness, right? That airiness to the human psychology of sports, which clearly this team felt on Sunday. In my opinion, Jacksonville is not a better football team. Are they getting better on offense? Do they have some weapons? Are they a more established franchise without Urban Meyer running the shit show? Yes, of course they are. But there's no way, there's no way at, at home you turn the ball over four times and play that sloppy in that situation if. That lightness was actually taking place, and it clearly wasn't. It clearly yeah. affected the team, and that's that's why I question the timing of the decision. By well, by, and here's I know we're kind of venturing a little bit backwards.
1: I know we need to, but I do want to say this: if Christian Fulton was out there, and or David Long was out there, this is a totally different ball game. You you cannot I tell think that's me. Fair. I think that's fair. You know, I said on Monday, do you need to I yeah, I <laughs> said on Monday, if Traylon Burks misses this game, I do not care because the Titans are a better team. Well, that team included Christian Fulton and David Long, right. and it did not include them by the time it
0: rolled a- a around. A healthy Jeffrey Simmons.
1: But this goes you know. around to Amy Adams Strunk, who said that the team, he, she basically just came out and said in her words, this is not a Super Bowl team. So you've just sent the message. And maybe this is maybe this is why she shouldn't be talking to the media, to be honest with you. <laughs> maybe she needs a little bit of prep. Listen. She's, I'm not, not, she's die- not one to do a lot. Yeah. that's not. Her well, style I'm not going to dissect her arm crossing that she's defensive uh, yeah, okay, because okay. let me tell you something. If you actually knew about human behavior like I do, that sometimes arm crossing, leaning forward is a sign of trying to protect yourself because you are in a sense of anxiety. And if Nurse, she is not a person that likes talking in front of people like she is, then she's probably just comforting yourself. She could be defensive, but either way, we don't know. Because we are not her psychologists or psychiatrists, and we're and well, I am, but most people aren't FBI. <laughs> You're profilers. literally the
0: armchair yeah. psychologist.
1: Yeah, like for Amy Adams. I mean, give me a break. I mean, this this article about PK was just horrendous. Uh, bad form, in my opinion. But I think when you talk about, did you get enough, and are you satisfied with Amy Adams Strunk's answers? I think if you ask most media members, no. Yeah, but I think if you ask most fans,
0: yeah. yes. Do, do you think it clarified the internal situation because she basically said and i don't think there's any other thing she can say frankly yeah. but she basically said like i'm willing to take any candidate outside i do like the one thing she did say that i really really loved was basically I, yeah. mike vrabel's not going to be gm and coach we're not going to have one person doing both of those roles it's just not enough it's too much for one person to it's do. it's probably just
1: bullshit but i i get what she's trying to but say. I, I
0: mean i agree with it and, yeah. and hopefully again could there be a a twenty percent GM role for Mike Grable where he has veto power. We've talked. We've talked about all that. Go back and listen to Thursday's episode. Um, I do think that I, I like that part. I th- she said she said the right things in-, in order to say like it was my decision. It's my team. To I give, want a Super to Bowl. To give hope. Yes, it's my. We are turning the page into a new level of expectation. We want to compete for championships, and I think a lot of that stuff, to your point, is received very well by the fans. I just don't think it helped the team. It may help the team long-term, and I think that's the argument, is that changing the GM is going to help the team long-term. But it certainly did not help this team's mental stability when it it was 14-13, driving down the field. And I'm not saying that Derrick Henry fumbled the ball because of mental stress. I'm saying that things continue to build on themselves, and as the game unfolds and all of a sudden you look up and you're down 13 or down 14 in the third quarter, you have to respond. And it's very easy to be out of your element when everyone in the building is questioning their job security. That's right. just that's just. I think that's human beings being human beings. I, I'm fascinated to see what they do this weekend.
1: Well, when we talked about um, the this firing, you you brought up essentially, you know, the small target that you're shooting for. To and I said pretty much I don't think it's a small target, but for the most part, I said I trust Mike Vrabel and Amy adams Strong. To make this decision, make the correct decision. Everything that she said on on Friday in this interview strengthened that argument for me. I agree. with that I, side. I agree with that because I feel that she is approaching this from the right way, not a place from emotional knee jerk reaction. Um, I know that she alluded to that her dad used to do that, which her dad really I felt like didn't really do that <laughs> because he kept people too long. Yeah, that maybe. Uh, but, I mean, that's what she said. So that were, those were her words. I don't think this was an emotional knee-jerk reaction. That thought had crept into my mind a little bit, but I also, I, I've always kind of thought that Amy Adams drunk is a lot brighter
0: of a football mind than what people like to give her credit for. Yeah, this As she said, this was not about the yeah. Philadelphia game, the A.J. Brown trade, and I think we said that and, on the and show. And I think she could say well. that, but... I
1: think that the timing of it was because of the AJ Brown. It's well, and I, think, and I, but I do think
0: that she had had this in the chamber. There's like, there's a bullet in the yes. chamber
1: next to your bed, she's, and you're just waiting for the intruder yes. to come in your this house. This is
0: a, as we said on Thursday's episode, this was a cumulative effect yes. over two years of decision making that she no longer had faith in their general manager to make the decisions. I, yeah, and this was the straw that breaks the back. And I actually, I actually believe that part of yeah. her commentary. I, I do too. I, I think that she's
1: as about as straightforward as you can get in an owner, and she told everybody that. They're going to do a search. And I think that was the biggest thing that I think people were worried about is like, okay, well, if you hire from within, if you hire stretch or you hire from within, then it's just going to be the same old, same motor. You're getting Mike Vrabel's man or what, blah, 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 It's a sign
0: of the power struggle of being more Vrabel tilted than we, then maybe now
1: you're seeing that there's going to be a search
0: outside.
1: Will that be Rick Smith? Will that be some of the candidates that come through here? I wouldn't be surprised if you saw a female candidate come through awesome. an interview and all that stuff. I think this is going to be a wider search than just who is Mike Vrabel comfortable
0: with and who does Mike Vrabel know. I, I I hope it is because there's no reason not to cast a wide net. The only reason you wouldn't is if Mike Vrabel has complete and utter control over the entire right. organization. And I don't think I, 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 st- I, I don't know. I think as the most important person in the building, Mike Vrabel should have a lot of input. Should he have control over the organization? Probably not. So I think there's a delicate, it's a really delicate balance there for them to work together to figure it out. I think you do want some to hire someone. You are limiting your pool if that person feels like they're not going to have autonomy to make decisions. Right. If that person feels like they have complete control over things and works with Mike Brable, then you're probably likelier to have a larger pool of candidates. And then you could probably get a better potential finalist group or whatever. So I, I think it's going to be fascinating to watch. And if, again, if it takes till February to get the right guy, I'm all, or or woman, I'm all about get the right person here because this is the most important thing that Amy Adams Strunk has done. It is more important than firing Mike Malarkey. Mike Malarkey was a stand in for a couple of years until they got their guy. This is the most important thing she has done as the owner of the Tennessee Titans. So she has to get it right.
1: Yeah. I, I think, like I said, we got, we got enough from, from a fan standpoint, like, yeah, You know, yep. me, I kind of straddle both wor- worlds, right? Like, I'm fan, I'm media, fan, media. You're a voice of the fan. Yeah. The, I, I look at it and I go, okay, as a fan, yeah, I'm satisfied. I mean, like, th- because really my first instinct was when people start complaining, well, we haven't heard from uh, Amy Armstrong. I'm like, do we really need to? And And really that was the voice of the fan was, no. You would ask the majority of fans, they don't even care. But the more I thought about it, and the more, and when we came around on Thursday to record the show, I'm like, "Yeah, we definitely should have already freaking heard from her." And and now we have, and so I feel like, yeah, good on her. She did it. Did she get all the, all the, the questions? All yeah, the it's not going all, way. all the way. Like, <laughs> what's, what's funny is, and I think this she is a, she dipped her toes in the water, I, or maybe she's splashing with her feet kicking I, around. I
0: will say this: if you're one of those folks that has to jump on Twitter and tweet at like ownership or. Coaches or tag players or tweet it. Recruits. God, please do not tag me in those. Tweet I'm it. So sick tweet of that. it recruits for Christ's sake, you people. It's almost an it, Insta you, block by the way. If you call into radio shows, I know you're the, the vocal minority, the twenty percent of the fans that are just the loudest and most obsessed and passionate. And I love that about the, the fans that are like that. But there's a reason that I was extremely grateful to do a show forty eight hours after the news because you sort of evolved your opinion on. The reasoning all behind it and needing to hear from Amy Adams-Strunk. And if you only react in the moment, right after a game, for example, you came towards me on that side of things. I came towards you and changed my opinion to some degree on why it happened and why it's a, a smart move, potentially. It's okay to take time with topics. It's okay to take time with the offensive coordinator decision. It's okay to take time as a fan to think about things before you just go crazy and start yeah. screaming about them. I know it feels good. It's cathartic. Todd, fire Todd Downing. Get Dennis Daly out of there. You know, blah 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 blah. Sunday was a disaster, and I think they're gonna be better moving forward. I, I think they're gonna <sighs> win the division. We'll talk about it on Thursday, but that's but, that's
1: a that's a tough call after what I saw last okay. night. Are I mean, we on um, Sunday night?
0: So, pharmacy, of course, we're here uh, in East Nashville. Make sure you come by and check it out. Great place to grab burgers, beers. It's a gorgeous day here on Monday. We're out here on Mondays, so come on out again 50 plus degrees. You got your burgers, you got your uh funkstata Saint Nicholas and the Xmas ale from Saint Bernard. Uh, I believe German and Belgium, both of which are out of the World Cup. What do we think of this one?, uh, it's pretty good.
1: I, like I do like the Bach better. It's a okay. little bit smoother. that's probably has to do with the ten percent alcohol versus seven percent alcohol.
0: <laughs> that's valid. We're gonna get you out of here before that all kicks in. Um so again, yeah, I'm gonna have a burger and and get it all. We're all right. gonna go through, of course, uh, we got the ten- Tennessee schedule, you got the Chargers, you got Houston, Dallas and Jacksonville basically identical schedules, which is really fascinating. Yeah, uh, Jacksonville's playing Dallas, the Jets. Houston and Tennessee, the Chargers and Jets on the road are both basic, basically the, the same opponent quality and caliber. Uh, Daniel did ask on Twitter or on, on the comment section, I don't think the Titans have ever won a game in which Derek Henry lost a fumble. I, I got a stat for you. They are four and three in games in which Derek Henry loses fumbles. So they're actually above five hundred, which is a little weird. The most no, I wouldn't have expected that. The neither me, neither would I. The most important thing though is that in his entire career in the regular season, only seven games yeah. in which he has lost a fumble. And and he
1: lost technically two.
0: Technically. Yeah, technically. Now, I don't think he gets, the because he never had possession of the ball. Well, he, he
1: went down to, to try
0: to pick that. up the ball. I think he does get possession. It's like a quarterback okay, be, fumbling the snap, right? Well, so when the handoff happens, when you fumble on a handoff, it goes to the quarterback. So I don't what know. What if he fumble the snap? Maybe it's Ben Jones' fault.
1: Mm, I don't know. If Hey, you had... know whose fault it is? Todd Downey's <laughs> fault.
0: <laughs> Blame Todd Downing. All right. So there you go with Amy Adams-Strunk, of course, in the reaction to the game. You want to talk Heisman real fast here before we send people on their merry yeah. way today? Um, real quickly, this will be a light. This will be a lighter topic here. We'll lighten the mood, even though we're both sort of frustrated with... I want, I want to hear your ballot. All right. Number one on my ballot was Caleb Williams, okay. USC quarterback. Number two on my ballot was Hendon Hooker, quarterback at Tennessee. And number three on my ballot was Bryce Young, quarterback at Alabama. Uh, would you like my reasoning? Well, I, I, would like you, to know, well I would like to know this
1: because I saw... Uh, Easton Fries, who does the Hot Read podcast and the Mike Herndon show at BroadwaySwordsMade.com, director of content publishing, whatever title he wants to use. Um, He said that he has seen at least 30 voters or have 30 voters have at least alluded that Hidden Hooker was on their ballot in some form or fashion. It's 17 first place votes, I believe. Okay. How does he not get invited? So how many it, voters are there? I guess I eight hundred
0: seventy media. Oh, shit! Well, no wonder That'd eight hundred seventy media, Holy and God. then uh, every past winner. Oh, okay, I thought it was vote. like maybe like you know no, seventy, no, no. and yeah, then there's yeah. and then there's one um, fan vote, gotcha. whatever that's worth.
1: Well, I mean, like like if you're just counting thirty and you can't wonder how Hindenhooker Hooker got well, there, well, p- then you need to know the whole number. Right, then. right. That's me. what that. That That's why it's like, because I'm thinking, okay, wait well, 30 sounds is. like a big deal. And I'm thinking, you know.
0: Well, he does it. So what happens is, the, the and the, if you don't know, the way the Heisman Trust works is they, 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 they have the cutoff in the, the fi, there's no set number of finalists. Yeah. There's a cutoff in the voting gaps. Gotcha. So they only send people that are within a certain margin of error that could actually win. So while Hendon Hooker finished fifth, he was not close enough to Stetson Bennett and the other three above him. To 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 be invited, if if that if that makes sense. So gotcha. if you give well, me I this, didn't if, know there was
1: like over nine hundred freaking votes. If you give me
0: a second, yeah. I could probably pull up exactly how many ballots he was on. Well, and I uh, will say this, and I still to this day think that Hinden Hooker should have got more Heisman votes. And I
1: understand that there was an injury, but that to me doesn't really shouldn't really factor in because if you're factoring in the body of work, who had a more spectacular season with wins and with stats than Hendon Hooker. Uh, I mean I I voted for Caleb Williams so yeah. my argument would be
0: Caleb Williams. But didn't but, he I mean he he flames out. Well so know. he played he played injured in the Pac-12 Championship okay. game. Two injuries and and had over like 400 yards of offense playing injured in that game okay. and and they got blown out in the second half. They had a huge lead over I'm trying to buy you time by the way to look I, at it. They that, had, they had a huge <laughs> they had a huge lead in the second half. And again I think look if if Hendon Hooker doesn't lose to South Carolina because he didn't play well in that game. It wasn't just the defense. He played poorly in that game too. And he and he missed a lot of throws against Georgia as well. It's not because you just played bad in those two games. I thought Hendon Hooker was clearly the front runner to win the Heisman trophy until the South Carolina game happened and the injury happens on top of that. So what happens is you're going to fall off some ballots, fairly or unfairly. I think that's unfair. I think you should have finished second in the in the voting. I think you could argue Bryce Young is the best player in college football, full stop. Like he was better than Hendon Hooker in even the Alabama Tennessee game. Uh, what he's did this year, Bryce Young. I find is I find your mind so fascinating because I'm <laughs> sitting here thinking I'm
1: like, well, nobody put on a better season than Hinden Hooker. Is that just because no, no, I think you're of right. Jalen
0: Hyatt and and other stuff? Like I no, guess, not know. Who's the better player versus who had the most outstanding year? Could yeah, di- could you could split hairs and call okay. it different things? Yeah, like, I mean, I, I feel like it is, so right? I, so I so the reason I voted Hooker above Bryce Young was that I thought he had the more outstanding season. Okay. I thought he did more special just insane things that created these moments and the stats and the two interceptions and, but if you're drafting
1: a team, you're drafting Bryce young, 10 out of 10, it's not times. even
0: close. Bryce is yeah. the better player. And again, I thought Bryce young was better in that game. They had the exact same record in theory. Yeah. That 10 and two. And, and frankly, what doesn't help hooker is unfair. What doesn't help hooker is a 56 to nothing win over your in-state rival where you don't even play. They don't even need you. So like that, yeah. that doesn't show well, I think a lot of the reason that he didn't make it to New York is that people voted after the South Carolina game and before championship Saturday, which is a mistake, in my opinion, if you're a Heisman voter. Um, so, again, I Caleb Williams, if you look at every single criteria, who was the most outstanding player, most valuable to their team, statistically most productive, and the be- biggest must-see television nationwide from coast to coast, it was – it was Caleb Williams for me. Gotcha. So I voted Caleb Williams one. I voted Hendon Hooker two because I thought he was the second most outstanding and extraordinary player with big moments and huge production and great statistical evidence and value to the team and all the different criteria. And then I had Bryce Young third. I I did not have Stetson Bennett anywhere near a ballot. I'd put Jalen Carter on a ballot before Stetson Bennett from Georgia. I did not have Max Duggan. Or Which is interesting because you were a big
1: Max Duggan guy before
0: the vote. Leading into the weekend of the vote, you were kind of a big Max Duggan Duggan, Duggan would have been fourth on my list. Do be, you think the crying of, helped him? <laughs> I think carrying his team to victories on yeah. final plays and final drives and in overtimes and just like the sheer willpower that he exuded. And some of it is his story, like being a being benched, yeah. first-year head coach, coming back off the bench and then winning the job. Like. I just don't think he had enough outstanding moments in bet- better production. Again, Henry Hooker, more efficient. Bryce Young, better player. I, I could argue Alabama's the better team than TCU, <laughs> which I have. Um, I-, I have no problem. I, I have an issue with Hendon Hooker not being top three for people. But eyes are, eyes are in the beauty of the beholder. You can vote how you want to vote. And the fact that Stetson Bennett got up there in New York, I- that- that's a little ridiculous to me. But I'm yeah. also not going to lose sleep over it. it. It is what it is. It was an extraordinary season by Hendon Hooker. Nothing could take you away the memories. You haven't
1: mentioned C.J. Stroud throughout this whole thing. Does that? Where do you land on C.J. Stroud being up there? And I've, a lot of the pictures for the promos for this, he looks really fat.
0: He has a fat face. <laughs> he has a fat face. He is far more deserving than Stetson Bennett. Yeah. Okay. Uh, my issue is that I think there just wasn't enough there weren't there weren't outstanding moments. He like, wasn't maximizing this no, great like, wide receiving core they supposedly have. Big up game in Ohio, against so. Notre Dame. He was eh, okay against Iowa, that another one of their top competition this season. it was kind of uh against Michigan. He was you know nothing. He didn't do anything really against Michigan, the most important game of the season. So I just CJ Stroud's a great player. It doesn't take away from how great he is. It just I didn't see enough of all of the things you look for, which is statistical production value to your team, big time moments, outstanding must see television. Like you put it all together and Stroud just wasn't, it just, he wasn't there for me. He'd be ahead of, of just Stetson Bennett, who again, I don't think have, if you put Bryce Young or Hendon hooker, or any of the other quarterbacks we talked about on Georgia's offense. Holy shit. Yeah. Like it's not that it's not a knock on Stetson. I'm not trying to rip on the guy, but like, give me a break. With him Cause maybe. you were, I it's mean, not one you of are a big Stetson guy. I love, I think he's yeah. a great quarterback. He's he's gonna have great a great college quarterback. He is going to have a statue Outside of the stadium at Georgia, and he should, yeah. Especially if they win a second title, it doesn't mean he was one of the foremost outstanding players in college football. He wasn't even one, the best player on his own team. Like, can, can I,
1: I tell you something? I've enjoyed talking college football this year. I've been yeah. it, this is the most I've ever talked about college football. This is the most I've ever watched college football, and since I was a kid, feels like pretty much maybe college years, I guess I should say. But I am so looking forward to the NFL draft slash <laughs> rookie quarterback talks with Will Levis and with <laughs> Anthony Richardson and with wide Dude, receivers. God. And then who's going to – like, I'm
0: so – the off season, it be fun. I am. it's it going to be, be a fun. blast. Do you feel like you have – now, first of all, have you enjoyed it more because of the show?
1: Oh, yeah, it's okay. definitely the show. Do you think yeah. you
0: are more pre- – here's what I think. is I, I I am more prepared to go through the draft process because I'm a college football junkie on Saturdays. Like, yeah. watching them do th- – and it's not about combine. It's not about – you know, the little things they do right or wrong and the hand size. And the yeah. arm, it's about what do you do when the lights are on? Do I see you flash to the ball in defense? Do I see you make plays on offense? Like, it's just about, you can just watch a guy over 12 games and be like, it's kind of like,
1: good. I think it's going to be a good discussion about like guys like Jalen Hyatt, who a lot of people think that he's a route technician and he's really underrated in that regard because he goes on deep balls and stuff. And I think it's going to be really interesting to talk about where does he place among the wide receivers. A lot of scheme. Yeah, a lot of scheme. But apparently he's really good at selling routes. So if he's really good at selling a route... I mean, I'm just saying what other people have said. You know, I I always go back through and just watch film and watch watch stuff. But it'll just be... I think this is going to be... Because it's such a... uh, top-heavy class in a lot of important positions for the Tennessee Titans specifically, this is a bad time to probably have to go through a draft and have to replenish your offensive line, have to replenish your wide receiver core. It's kind of why I'm alluding to, I think, that possibly robert woods will probably be sticking around everybody should kind of you know he had two nice catches look, look at the free agency pool you'll probably see why yeah. there's a lot to this offseason for the tennessee Titans, in particular that's gonna
0: make this show i think in the off season like not miss a beat here's the tennessee name that tennessee titans should know Darnell Wright. yeah fully agree. there's the name you need to know uh listen it was silly that hendon hooker wasn't in new york he was number two on my ballot so don't blame me tennessee fans but here's what I will say. It shouldn't take away from the memories he created and the season that you had and and like all of this 10 and 2 thing that you've accomplished this year Tennessee fans. Enjoy it and embrace it and don't let some silly voters voting for the Heisman take away from any of the stuff that you accomplished and achieved, and, and will never forget the rest of your lives, like throwing goalposts. Well, it's a, it's Tennessee a shame
1: for Hinton Hooker so. so. that his season ended this way because he was going to probably win the Heisman if he had stayed healthy. And yeah, they I would, I would have the, made the playoff if they beat South Carolina. They would have probably made the playoffs if they would have beat South Carolina. He probably would have been a second or third round pick, and now he's probably going to be a fifth, sixth round, fourth round kind of pick we'll deal. See. We'll see. It's it's just so interesting. I cannot wait to talk about Anthony Richardson <laughs> versus Will Left. I mean, like, I'm just... <laughs> This this whole. Bryce Young. Yeah. Well, it's obviously Bryce Young's number one, but I mean, like, it's just going to be so interesting because <laughs> do the Tennessee Titans look at Anthony Richardson down there, you know, when they're picking in the well, 20s not. and okay. all that kind of stuff?
0: It's just. Who's in charge? Who's picking us? I don't know. I a, mean, like, it's the just. The is so good, we, man. It's
1: going to be great. And I think that the, you know, the a lot of the people had the Houston Texans taking a quarterback, or no, Will Anderson with their draft pick, but now the Panthers have come. The opposite way. They've started winning. Now oh, you have yeah. the Jets are winning. You yep. have all these teams that need quarterbacks are actually winning.
0: Yep. Yep. So now they're going to obviously take CJ Young. That shot Mike White took yesterday. Oh my God. Um, Alright, so Pharmacy, special thanks. Special thanks to Kingston Group as well. BuildKG.com. Make sure you, before you make any big decisions about your house, you check out uh, the Kingston group and come hang out at the pharmacy. Look at this. We got people on a Monday in December. You know, Stoney tried
1: to blame us for him not coming. Not our fault.
0: I mean, we're here every Monday. Nothing is our fault. Everything except for that one Monday, everything is Todd Downing's fault for Zach. You can follow him. Of course, at efforts pod read all of the stuff at Broadway sports media, the, uh, football and other efforts podcast with Mike Herndon. You got all kinds of great stuff over there. All the other shows for Full 40 sports. We got fringe element for college football, gold standard for national predators club and country with Roger Bennett from men and blazers last week. Uh, covering Nashville SC, oh. so all the great shows. Now nah, I'm bring bringing there. up a football night airports, so never mind. Ooh, that is sort of a tease. For Zach, I am Braden. Thanks for hanging out with us. We'll talk to you on Thursday. This has been a football show.